You're listening to Get Fed Today, one podcast designed to provide the Christian a hearty Bible study five days a week. While our mission is to showcase a variety of different Bible teachers, if you want to access more content from a particular pastor, simply listen to the end of the episode for additional information. On behalf of the entire team at Get Fed Today, it is our prayer that today's episode encourages your growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, it's great to great to worship together. I know for some of you, it's a little bit different when you're we're not doing it quite in person like we we like to. But uh, what a blessing uh, that we have this uh, um, technology, and we're, we're trying to make little incremental uh, progress uh, points as we go each week. Uh, this week, not only are we on the Facebook Live uh, stream right now, but we're also streaming uh, to our website. So uh, at Calvary Chapel. Uh, kc.com. So you can uh, use either either one of those platforms, hopefully going forward, and we'll see if we can't uh, continue to expand our, our reach as we get the gospel out and uh, during these difficult times and, and so forth. So what a great, great, you know, song selection, you know, of uh, this morning. I, I'm so thankful that uh, Charles takes the time to really pray through and think through and contemplate and, and uh, you know, just has a heart to minister uh, uh, through worship and, and to really connect with what's going on around us. One of the things uh, that's been on my heart, if you want to turn right now to uh, uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, and we'll pick it up in verse uh, 17 in just a few moments, but uh, as you're locating that, I'll, I'll kind of share some of my initial thoughts going into this today. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've been kind of thinking through and it's been on my mind is I sometimes get a little overwhelmed uh, and, and I know I'm not alone. Uh, I know uh, many are, are working through kind of the anxiety and the fear and the, the tensions that go with that. And, and, uh, and I understand that. And, and I think we're all good doing that to some extent, you know, concern about health matters and, and so on. And, and how this is affecting so many economically. All of us are impacted by this, and, and our comings and goings are just so unique for what we're used to. So this is a, a, a unique, very special uh, time in our world, and, and we know that. And so I wanted to—God just had that scripture in a back. It's just been burning on my heart, and I'll, I'll go through that in just a moment. But that idea of kind of feeling a little bit overwhelmed, and uh, the thought that I had in my mind was— when Jesus, and we touched on this, uh, when he was feeding the, the 5,000, and uh, he, he looked out at, the, at the, the guys and he says, well, you know, the disciples, he says, hey, the, the people are, are, are needing something to eat. And, uh, and so he, they're thinking, okay, but, you know, where are we going to find food for this many people? We just need to send them away. And, and, and he said, no, no, you, you do something with it. And then one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, and now Andrew's a, a, a great character in the Bible. He's always bringing people to Jesus. Just tuck that one away and think about it. Again, they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with the crowd of people. They're overwhelmed by uh, the circumstance that they're facing and wanting to feed that many people. And so they're trying to navigate this and trying to figure this out. And how are they going to do this? And just like we're trying to figure out, how do we d deal with our difficult time that we're facing? And then they... He takes this, uh, he finds this little guy and, and this lad in verse 9 of uh, chapter 21 of John's gospel. I'm just reading this to you, uh, but that's just so you know where I'm reading it from. But he said, there's a lad here, Andrew tells Jesus, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. 
And then I like Andrew's statement. He says, but what are these among so many? And man, I feel like that. I'm sure you feel like that. You look at the difficulties, the situation that we're, we're, we're working through, and I feel that way. Like, what are these? What, what can I do amidst all of this challenge and difficulty? What, what can I do to, to make this go any better? Or what can I do to help in this situation? And I think that's a right thought. I, I kind of feel a little bit overwhelmed at times. Uh, and Jesus ultimately then said here just give me the fish give me the loaves jesus then as they hand give what they had to jesus jesus blessed it jesus gave it back to them to distribute so this is the thought is that we want to take whatever little we have whatever little energies we have left in the course of a day whatever whatever meager amounts of resources we have maybe to bless someone else or to help someone else um, you know, I, I'm still amazed, and I, I use this as a tongue-in-cheek thing a little bit, but I, I feel bad if you're struggling with, without toilet paper. That's a challenge, but I don't understand the run on toilet paper. I just don't get it, but anyway, that's something we can talk about some other time. Maybe we'll find that humorous at some point, but I know some people are struggling with that, and so I'm, I'm sorry for that, but it just, I, I don't understand why everybody's got to have, you know, 15 cases of toilet paper in the garage, but anyhow. Um, so as we look at this, what are these among so many, you know, that, that concern? Or, and I thought, you know, are you feeling inadequate? Because really, and, Andrew kind of touched on something that I feel, that I think many uh, pastors, many Christians feel, uh, many dads and moms feel like, man, how are we going to navigate this? How are we going to get through this? And I think feeling inadequate is very real. But I think there's something here in this storyline with Habakkuk. Habakkuk, you know, is uh, in a difficult season. There's going to be some very big challenges coming for the nation Israel. Um, and, uh, and so without getting in depth on that, just that is a good thought to focus on. Challenges are coming. We are facing challenges. Some people are in the midst of those challenges. We've got friends and, and family scattered all over the, the country. We've, uh, I've, I'm interacting with many people, like many of you, listening in through various parts of the nation and in different parts of the world. And I know, uh, you know, we're, we're baffled by a lot of this. Like, we, we just haven't experienced something like this. Many people um, that are, uh, you know, my age or a little older or any age, we're just looking at this saying, gosh, we've never been through anything quite like this. And we're scratching our heads. We've been through difficult seasons, but nothing quite like this. But Habakkuk was facing a thing like this. It was different, but it was a challenge that was coming. And one of the things that he stumbled across, and this is kind of the key verse in Habakkuk, and it starts in, in uh, chapter 2, verse 4. This is kind of the key verse, and it's a theme of this. But the just shall live by faith. And I think that living by faith is what I'd like to focus on. Because when I'm caught up in this sense of inadequacy, I have huge limitations, but I am directly connected to, because of a relationship with God, I'm directly connected to inexhaustible resources through God. So, but that's, we're connected by faith to these things. And so I want to encourage you with that, that the just shall live by faith. Let's continue to live by faith. That's really a focused thought as then he's heading into this very difficult season at the end of this little book, Habakkuk, tucked away neatly in the Old Testament. And we'll connect up with some New Testament references. But in chapter 3, verse 17, I'd like to read 17, 18, and 19, and then we'll go back and kind of unpack this together. In verse 17, it says, 
though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. So we kind of start out, Habakkuk kind of starts out and saying, hey, even though, again, remember this idea of the just shall live by faith, that life by faith, as he's kind of focused in on that, and he kind of is looking at the difficulties, disruptions, discouragements, disappointments, disillusionment. I tried to find as many dis words as I could, you know, but uh, you know the idea. I, I was just thinking through it, and they just all kind of came out that way. I was just thinking through, you know, it's, it's easy to become discouraged in these kind of seasons. It's easy to become disillusioned, like, well, I, I had these other plans. I had these other thoughts. Um, what about the, the just in general disappointment that can come along with that? Certainly, we're all experiencing the disruptions associated with the difficulty. This is all very real that, that all of us are experiencing on some greater or lesser extent. And it, what, one of the things that I think is, is important is when we look at this life of faith or living out our faith, and that's really what I think we need to talk about. So for those of you who know the Lord, I'm speaking to you directly. We want to walk this out. For those of you who may not know the Lord or maybe making inquiry or maybe listening and just thinking, hey, how do I reconnect with God? Maybe I've been distant from God. Or how do I connect with God? What Jim's talking about, you know? Um, we're going to get to that as we move through this. But this first thought is verse 17 is kind of listing out, hey, things that I thought were going to be different, that, man, I, I thought there, were gonna, there should be blossoms right this season, you know? I'm thankful, you know, here uh, in the Kansas City metro area, where, where I drive around, I'm starting to see, you know, the various trees are starting to get the blossoms. And so I know spring is here. And that's an encouraging thing in the midst of something. But he's just saying, hey, though that may not be seasons of, of, of refreshing change coming, there's no fruit on the vines, man, we're going to be struggling. You know, they're just, he's just kind of talking about those disruptions, those difficulties and, and, and stuff. He kind of looks at it, but I think this idea is faith accepts or faith walks through or faith faces or faith embraces however you want to see it. faith accepts these things even though they're not what we would desire the life of faith says okay this is the situation right now this is what i i need to i need to accept this as from the hand of god you know, I've, I've been reading through uh, the first two chapters of Job lately, just reading through it, just thinking of what happened with Job. You know, we read through it, and when we read through it, I would encourage you for extra credit, you can read through Job 1 and 2. And it's, it's kind of got a little, I know it seems like a little bit of a bummer, but man, it's so large, the, the scale is so large of what has happened to Job in those first two chapters. And it kind of helps keep ours in perspective you know, for various reasons. But as I look at that, I look at how Job 
displayed a life of faith and trusting God. Now, I'm reading this, and I'm reading it going back into the back side of this, and I'm seeing it from a heavenly perspective tied to the human situation. I'm seeing both sides of it when I'm reading this. Job only had the, the human side of it while he by faith was trusting that God knew all about it. God did know all about it, but he, we, we're reading, oh, well, you know, God allowed this to happen. We're reading that. He doesn't know all of that. He's just trusting that. So we want to be encouraged when we read through that. And, and I encourage you to think through it, that situation. And I found it very encouraging uh, to watch Job walk this out. But I think that's the idea as Christians, that we want to see these difficulties, acknowledge them, but by faith live these things out. We want to continue to trust God even in the hard times. And that's what faith really is describing, trusting God even in the difficult times seasons. So, as we move along with this thought, we're accepting that idea that this is what's going on. We also know in Romans 8, 28, Paul said that all things are working together for the good, for those who love God and are the called according to his purposes. He doesn't say, again, you hear this over and over again, but it's an important thing to remember. All things aren't necessarily good, but all things are working together for your good, for my good. Now, is that for every human being? Unfortunately, no, not necessarily. Could it be for every human being? Absolutely. How could it be? What are you saying? Well, what I'm driving at is that all things are working together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purposes. In other words, that address is specifically spoken to those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. That leads into this next thought that we go into as it says, yet I will rejoice. This is the response, okay? So faith accepts, faith faces, faith embraces, faith walks through the difficulties. Faith just sees it for what it is and begins to move forward, trusting God in it. And then we get to, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. This rejoice in the Lord. Um, remember we talked uh, in Philippians, uh, Paul the Apostle there says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, it, it says, you know, keep, keep that. It's not based because the situation is exciting or good. It's based on the truth that God is good. And so when we look at this, we say, man, I, I want to have that kind of faith. I want to rejoice in the Lord, even though there's no blossom on the tree, even though there's no, it, it seems so desolate and difficult. But he's saying, no, you know what? I can still rejoice in God. See, this is the thing. Again, as Christians, we know we hope past our situation today. We have a hope of an eternal value. We have a destination that is way past what we have in this, you know, I was going to say 100 years, but I don't know how long we'll get to live, but I'm hoping if I could make it that long, but, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm good with if I can get to um, a ripe old age, because I'm not there yet, you see. Um, I may appear that way a little bit, but I'm not there yet. Uh, the idea here is that rejoicing the Lord, and would you notice this latter part of verse 18? It says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. You remember we mentioned in a recent study, we talked about um, Psalm 1611. In your presence, in the presence of God, is the fullness of joy. The completeness, it's full meaning it is complete. That joy is, is, 
just overflowing. And when we're talking about joy, we're not talking about I'm happy with the situation that's going on in our world today, because I'm not. That would be not true, you see. But what I do have is still joy in my heart, because joy is something, and I'm going to put it in these words as the best as I can put it, is that joy comes from God. Joy is, it's one of the fruit the Bible describes as the, from the Spirit. So God, when we open up our lives to God, God takes up residence in our hearts and our lives, and joy is placed in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy supersedes my circumstances. Happiness is based on, you know, it's basically happenstance, or that's the root words that it comes from in its original language. So it's, it's basically, um, uh, it, you derive uh, that that ecstatic feeling that is happiness, you derive that from the excitement of the situation or circumstance. You see, I can't say that about, you know, today's stuff, but I can say I've got joy because joy is a download. It's an import into my being from something outside of my circumstances, outside of just me and what's happening to me. It's, in, it's imported into my being. It's a download by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I have that joy in my life. So this is the same thing that he's saying, I will joy in the God. Again, this is important. He uses a personal word here, my salvation. So in order for me to have this life of faith, that's being described. I need to experience and that salvation that's available. So now I'm talking to not only us as believers that I want to walk this out, but I'm talking to those of you who may be on the fence about who God is, especially in a difficult time. Like, how could a loving God allow something like this and, or cause something? Like, well, God didn't cause it necessarily, that's for sure. But God allows it. We live in what the Bible calls a fallen world. In other words, it's not a perfect world anymore. It was designed in, in perfect. It was perfect in its design. But because of what has happened in the garden, the very beginnings, now we face this situation here where we've got a fallen world around us. And so it's no longer perfect. We aren't, as humans, aren't perfect, but we want to connect with a perfect God. How can we do that? By faith. The idea is here is for us as New Testament believers that we're believing that Jesus has died in our place for our sins, and we're accepting that. So that's when we say we accept Jesus into our hearts. That's what it means. I'm accepting what he did in my place. And this leads me to the life of faith. It's a simple prayer. It's just an invitation where Jesus says, hey, open your heart to me. Pray this prayer of, of inviting me into your life and accepting me as your Lord and Savior. First of all, I have to recognize that I don't lead, lead a perfect life. I don't live perfect. I say and do things that aren't consistent with the nature of who God is. That's humanity. How do I connect with God, the one true living God? By believing, by exercising faith, by giving my faith, placing my faith, my trust in what God says he's done for me, he has done for me. It's that simple. And in the realm of the spirit, it's as quick as that prayer. And you can have the newness of life, and you can start walking out exactly what we're talking about. We may talk a little bit further about this as we go along. But one of the things I'd like to say about this, if you'd turn with me back over to James. We talked about this a little bit recently, and I'd like to explore this just a little bit further in James 
in the New Testament, in the first chapter of James, and we read this and, and talked about it, but I think it, it, it's of great value because he says in verse 2, now James is talking to a group of people that are scattered all over the known world at the time. They were Christians. That's who he's writing to, believers. But they were scattered all over the world, and they were being persecuted simply because they believed. They were going through difficult times. They didn't do anything to bring this about. They, just, they were just alive and, and following God, and, and they're being persecuted. They're going through very, very difficult season. I think that's something that we identify with in the sense of we didn't do anything to bring the, the, the trial that our world's going through. We didn't personally do anything to bring that about, but this is the situation. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And we can, when we talked about this before, we talked about it's a building process that true faith has to be tested. In other words, it has to be, it's like, it's like working out, right? You got to lift weights, you lift weights, and then you, you start to, because you're kind of challenging or putting resistance to your, your muscle, and therefore it builds up. Well, that's what God's wanting to do with your faith. He wants to build up your faith, but it must be tested, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And that, is, that word is endurance. Uh, that, but let endurance or patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Then it talks about wisdom and wanting that wisdom from God. I ask for that every day. Again, do you feel inadequate? I do. I feel very inadequate often, and I think this is important when we're reading through this, that that's where I ask for God's wisdom. Give me wisdom. I don't know exactly how to handle this situation, this phone call, this prayer need. I, I, I'm, I'm puzzled many times. I, I'm very challenged, and I'm, I'm currently very challenged on a, a few fronts, but I trust that God knows, and I'm asking for wisdom, and I'm trusting because he says if I ask by faith, believing that he's going to provide wisdom, he's going to give it liberally, without reproach, and it will be given. But let him ask in faith, not doubting. And, and I think that's part of the key. I don't want to be doubting in that what God would want to say or do. Now, in Romans chapter 5, this kind of parallels this, uh, this portion of Scripture, and I think it gives a little more uh, insight to us. It says in, in verse 1 of chapter 5 of Romans, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, there it is again, the just shall live by faith. You and I are wanting to live out our life, walk out our life in faith or by faith. And it says, this is the idea, being justified or made right just as if I'd. That's what it really justified me. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's how God sees you. That's how God sees me. If you have received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If not, then you're already stuck in your sin and God wants to forgive you, but you have to ask. He's not going to force himself on you or on me or on anyone else. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So by faith, now I have peace. I want all of that right now. I need all of that. Through whom, speaking of Jesus Christ, also we have access by faith into this grace, that unmerited love and favor in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Again, that idea of rejoicing in hope. I, I have hope, not just this world, but I have hope in the big picture of what God's wanting to do. I have hope. How encouraging that is for you and for me. 
And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Now, again, we don't, you know, um, this word tribulation is, is really a crushings, um, but we want to let God have his way in these challenging times because it produces, again, that endurance, it says, and that endurance character or the experience that we start to develop with this life of faith. And then there's hope. Now, hope, it says, does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Again, that Holy Spirit is a download to us. And so we want to think about that. We want to focus on that. We want to think that way through it and know that God has got a great way to do something good in your life and in my life. I know God and you know God when you go through difficult times in ways that you and I may never know God otherwise. We, we know him differently and we experience him differently. And so I want to encourage you with that. To embrace this troubling time. Rejoice with the Lord because faith speaks. Faith says something. Faith has a response so not only are we to walk out this life of faith, but we are to also then, as we walk out this life of faith, we are also then going to experience this and, and see this as a faith speaks. We're going to have a response to it. And not only do we have a response, I like this as we go along. It says, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills. That's the idea, that we would have that, that place of being on the high hills with the Lord, those high places that it's basically talking about moving forward in faith, not only accepting, but seeing it for what it is, embracing it, no matter what's going on. Then as we do that, we find that we're going to rejoice. We're going to see this. We're going to have this response that this speaking in this life of faith. We're going to speak this out. And that's this rejoice that we're going to ex express because of the salvation, this, this joy that we have because of salvation, because we have hope past just our circumstances. And then not only that, but then we have this place that we can stand. God affirms our position. The Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. How powerful is that? Satan will always come and try and rip off your joy, rip off my joy, try and take it away from us to get us focused on the difficulties, get us focused on the discouragements, and instead we're to shift our, our thoughts, shift our hearts, move over toward what God's purpose and plan might be in the midst of the difficulty. So this is a powerful thing to think about, that the Lord God is my strength. Again, it's personal, this idea of that that we want to have. It's a personal relationship. It's a personal walk with God personally embracing, personally facing the situation, speaking out openly about who God is in our lives. And again, then he's going to make us strong. He's going to put us in that place, standing firm in who he is. And we will then in that way have victory. This is that idea. He will make my feet like deer's feet. Basically, he's talking about um, the, the, the critters that get up there and climb around in the rock crags and, and the 
the deer that would maybe be up on there and crawling around, and how powerful that is to see them walking around up there in these challenges. We've watched this sometimes when we're out hiking, and you may see, you know, uh, these little animals that are just walking on these almost sheer cliffs, and yet they seem so stable. And this is what he's talking about. God's going to make you and I experience a stable place, and that he causes me to walk on my high hills. And what it's talking about is in the midst of the challenges, we find victory. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. I want to encourage myself with that today in the Lord, that we have victory. We're not in the midst of this battle, hopelessly pounding around, you know. No, we've got hope. We've got help from God. We can call out to him. He's, he's the one who saves us, it says. He's the one that will meet us in the midst of the trial and the difficulty. I love this, what, what, uh, what faith says here. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. And then he cries out. And don't you, don't you feel like your heart in sync with this as the prophet's speaking? I, I, I just sense like, yes, you know, I, I feel so inadequate. Everything seems like it's just, I have no control to speak of of my, my circumstance much. I, I, I just have to de- accept this and deal with it in, in the trial that we're walking through. And you can just sense that, that unity of, of, of the prophet's heart. And then yet we can do the same with him. Yet, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord, not in the situation, but in the Lord who is allowing and knows the situation. I'm rejoicing in him, and it's, it's, I will joy in the God of my salvation. You, know, you can just f- sense, man, I, my, my heart just bursts with this as I read it, and the Lord God is my strength. Man, I, I think that when I try to think about the inadequacy, I feel weak. I feel like my, my energy's drained. I feel like I can't do what I, I need to do or want to do. And, and I think that's what, you know, and I, I think that's what many of us feel. And it's right that we feel that way. Jesus, after losing his, his cousin, John the Baptist, he finds out that John the Baptist has been beheaded. He's so, he's distraught. He's, he's fully God and fully man, Jesus is. And he's distraught over what's happened. He's upset about it. He wants to go away and kind of be alone with the Father. You know that. I know that. He just wants to kind of pull back. You may feel that way. You may feel like you just need to pull back. You know what? You've got the ability to text people. A lot of you do. You've got the ability to make a phone call here and there. Call one of your Christian friends. Talk with them. Text with them. Email them. FaceTime with them. I mean, I want to hug my, all my little grandkids, and I, a, lot, a lot of my, I, we're just not able to do that because we're, we're needing to kind of maintain social distancing. And I, I I don't care for that, you know, but, uh, but I, I, so we FaceTime with them, you know, and we get to spend time with them that way. We, we can do what we can do, and I encourage you to do those things, and I see this, and man, I want to rejoice and, and, and share in the good things of the Lord. He is our strength, and then he is going to cause you to be able to stand and be strong. Let's, let's think on that. This, this week together, 
And uh, again, hopefully, you know, throughout the week, off and on, we'll maybe pop in with some, some other uh, little messages, some Bible studies here and there, um, to hopefully to be a source of encouragement and, and, and a source of hope. Uh, but God is that. While we are sequestered off, instead of feeling isolated, why don't we embrace this time to allow God to really speak to our hearts? He gives us a great opportunity to speak to our hearts. Father, how I thank you for your word. How I thank you for my brothers and sisters. As we're scattered in various parts of the world, various parts of our nation, and yet how what a blessing it is that we can be together and that we can enjoy your presence through worship and through your word. And that we can be Again, encouraged together as we look to you. We want to have that life of faith. We want to walk it out. We want to embrace the circumstances and accept them. And Lord, we want to speak. We want to have words that speak out in faith, trusting you and rejoicing in who you are. And then, Lord, we want to stand firm because you give us the strength to do so. So we're calling out to you to strengthen us today, Lord. Help us to walk this out, walk out our faith amongst our friends and family, even at a distance. May you give us words of encouragement to pass on to others around us. And Lord, to those who don't have the hope of everlasting life, who don't know you, Lord, would you give us words? We want to be your eyes and your ears, your hands and your feet. We want to be able to speak those things to others. And so, Lord, would you, by the power of your Spirit, give us that joy, that download of joy by the power of your Spirit into our lives. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. And for those of you who want to invite Jesus into your heart, it's this simple prayer that you just repeat after me. Jesus, I know that I am in need of a Savior, that I am sin, that I, I'm not perfect, and I need you, Jesus. I want to ask you to come into my heart and make my heart your home. Would you forgive me of my sin, and would you be my Lord and Savior? I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that, why don't you hit, hit us up on Facebook, let us know. We want to pray with you some more, talk with you. Um, you can message me through uh, Facebook, and, uh, and we can uh, stay in contact that way. Or you can use the website, calvarychapelkc.com. Uh, you know, thank you. There's many who uh, participated in, in uh, being such a blessing during this difficult season of, of uh, giving online. You can do that through calvarychapelkc.com again. And, and you know, I, I just want to tell you how much it, it blesses my heart as a shepherd, as a pastor, as a brother in Christ to, to see people just responding by faith and, and, and knowing that, hey, there's bills that have to be paid even though we can't get together, you know, and, and I know it's a trying time. And so, man, may the Lord help all of us, you know, praise God for his abundant grace and mercy and that we're going to trust him. But God bless you. Have a good week. Much love. Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Jim Stewart. 
If you enjoy the message, you can learn more about Pastor Jim's ministry by visiting calvarychapelkc.com.